And we're live. We're live? Yes. Well, this is exciting. Sometimes. I don't know. Fingers crossed. Hi, everybody. Hello, Internet. Welcome to the podcast. So I effed up. Me and Marty had agreed to do this podcast at eight. And then I somehow lost track of when we're supposed to do it. So I said seven and I tweeted out that we're going to do this at seven. And then Derek had also been there when I agreed that it was eight. So now Derek's like hands deep in making meatballs. So he can't join us because he doesn't want to get like meat on his keyboard or something. I don't know. It's my fault, though. I just want to say. Are you there, Marty? <laughs> Your face is frozen. <laughs> it's just Marty's, me and Marty's frozen face. How's it going? Oh, something's happening. Let's try. This is the world we live in, though, right? Is that better? I think so. Oh, yeah. That's better. My bandwidth is low. Maybe that's the problem. Bandwidth. Uh, okay. You, you got to get that bigger out, that bigger uh, bandwidth, bro. Good to get the oh, big fix bandwidth. the bandwidth, bro. So, no problem. Uh, you cut out and it shit the bed and booted you right when I was pronouncing your name wrong. So <laughs> I'll just let you say your your last name because I know I could do Marty. I could do Marty all day, but it was Zylstra or Zylstra. Zylstra, like Zylstra. Uh, yeah, yeah. And I, we were telling each other, not the public, about how we have the same kind of upbringing in the sense that your dad emigrated from uh, Holland, just like my dad. Yes. My family did. Call yeah. It. Well, your dad, your family immigrated to here like a just a couple of years before your dad was born, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah 53. And, I believe it's April of 53, I believe. Yeah. And my grandparents on my dad's side came here when my dad was three years old. So a, a little joke I like to do is anytime someone like that I work with or anything's being racist to me I'll be like I I'm a first generation Canadian like my dad was a fob why are you saying this stuff to me <laughs> then, but it's it's funny but it's also true because if you think about yourself that way and you think about how you perceive other people who have moved to Canada mm -hmm. it, maybe we have that the perspective of being our age, looking at people moving here from other countries, thinking, oh, that's what it was like for my grandfather. That's what I think now is, which is strange, but it's yeah. interesting thinking like that now. I guess that's actually, I have the strongest white privilege you can get because I'm a first generation Canadian, but people will see me and they'll just assume that I was born here or like my ancestors came over. And it was funny because I was in college with, um, a guy of Chinese descent, but he had been, his family had been in Canada for three generations, but he kept get like, people always assumed that his parents were immigrants or he was an immigrant. And it was kind of like the roles were reversed. So. Yeah. yeah. That's uh it's a flaw in the system, in the matrix. Yeah, no, it it's, definitely is. It's true. It's so <laughs> your perspective, that in that paradigm, the, mm -hmm. uh, your perspective of his challenges is kind of unique because you view it a different way, the opposite than that uh, maybe someone would normally view it, which is kind of funny. Wow, you've got a really, you've got a really good uh, English accent, you know. Instead of <laughs> yeah, 
wow you you speak perfect english like mm-hmm. do people people don't say that to you like, no they well, don't dale dale you have a perfect accent like you don't <laughs> you can't even tell you can't even tell you're dutch in any yeah. way <laughs> you sound like you were born here except for then i'll meet someone who like not like you but someone who is dutch like both of us and they will say can you speak the language and i'll be like no and they'll be like oh and then they'll get like a little crestfallen because they think that since I have a Dutch last name and my dad was an immigrant that he would have taught me how to be Dutch. But it was like, how was my dad and my mom going to swear and talk about me around me if they taught me Dutch? True. But I think there was sort of maybe in the fifties, my grandparents being, they wanted to, maybe this was of the time as well. They really wanted to integrate as quickly as possible. So Mm -hmm. they focused so, on learning English and they wanted their kids to speak English so my dad doesn't ever speak Dutch he didn't he was technically English as a second language but he speaks Mm -hmm. uh he doesn't even speak Dutch anymore so yeah that was like like my dad's past now but the only people he talked Dutch to were my grandma and his brothers and sisters and other than that though he never spoke Dutch but yeah you didn't tell me your dad had passed away oh it's it's 10 years old. It's, it's like happened over 10 years ago. It's not a sore spot anymore. <laughs> I used to use it to troll people. Like they, like somebody would say something about my dad and then I'd be like all fake sad. And I'd be like, but he's dead. And they'd be like, oh my God. And they'd feel bad. And I'd be like, ha, I gotcha. But yeah, it's it's actually, I'm. Uh, this is a good question to ask you because you're Dutch like me. Were your um, like family and extended family kind of cavalier about death? as a whole because i found that with my family i don't know if that was specifically like my dad and his brothers and sisters or just my dad from like because i remember him saying like like he was like injured because throughout his life he had like been attacked by a bull he had rolled over cars and he basically just been living like a madman and so by the time he was my age he was all sore and broken and then he would like kind of hint he'd be like oh i'd be i'll be gone soon he'd be like haha whatever and like i'd never think about it but then by the time it was time for him to go we were all kind of used to him going like the thought of him going so it wasn't like it basically didn't it wasn't a surprise death like he had cancer for a couple months so it didn't like ruin me and my siblings world type of deal like because we kind of got used to the fact and i kind of maybe attributed to that as like um sort of european like well, factual it, thing but i think i think so yeah i think that's the same in my family but I, um i think it, i attribute it to you know because my grandparents like your grandparents came over to canada for a better life after a war that had destroyed their yeah. country like they're kind they were basically like they weren't refugees but um they didn't they they didn't have any opportunity for 15 years call it in their own country so they had to find new opportunity going to a country where they didn't speak the language and didn't know anyone was better than staying where they were so mm-hmm. i mean that that whole concept to begin with is foreign to me because i plan on never leaving this house i'm in right now you know <laughs> yeah so, so but yeah what you're saying is absolutely correct Europeans have a totally different view on death than, say, the West, right? 
Yeah, and also it's like they were never refugees, but they lived like your grandparents and my grandparents. Because my grandma had a couple stories about living in Holland while it was occupied by the Nazis. And so they were like had a firsthand view of war and death and stuff. And that was like that war was pretty brutal for um, like civilian death. Like now people if like we haven't really had a war that bad since then but even in conflicts and stuff armies don't really target civilians and bomb cities to try to get the other side to give up kind of deal like they did in world war ii yeah i mean we we could this is the outrage uh, factory so i mean <laughs> war is outrageous yeah but yeah world war ii is I mean, the reason I exist is because of World War II, right? My dad mm -hmm. came over and then when he met, he was 16 or 17, he met my mom and they got married when he was 20. I mean, it wouldn't exist. I, I wouldn't exist if it wasn't for World War II. But yeah, you're, no, you're totally right. I mean, um, so <laughs> the, the stories I've heard from my grandparents from World War II yeah. are probably the same as your grandparents, you know, literally hiding Jews in the floorboards of... Um, their houses and stuff and so yeah. all that stuff happened and everybody did it everybody tried to help mm -hmm. save people and you know it's, it's a crazy it was crazy it's crazy to hear to even think that happened yeah it's crazy like my grandma she had um she told me i didn't hear all these stories from her firsthand because she was closer with my cousin and she told my cousin this story about how they because like i think i'm not exactly sure what happened but the way I'm interpreting in hindsight is that when Holland was taken over by the Nazis, each family kind of got a soldier to live with them, to watch them, to make sure they weren't doing anything hanky. And the guy who was living with my, my grandma's family, he was a Polish guy who, so he wasn't like a Nazi. He was kind of like Poland got taken over and then they took the males from Poland and put them in the army and made them, fight for Germany and stuff. And he didn't want to be there any more than anybody wanted him to be there. So he defected and my grandma's family gave him a sack of potatoes and a bike and just like sent him on his way. And it was just mm -hmm. like, that was it. And then like, like, could you imagine like in our time and age, we have cell phones and we know all this stuff and we could just email people, but could you imagine giving someone a sack of potatoes and a bike and being like, if they catch you, you're dead, but good luck. We wish the best of you. And then just never knowing what happened to that person. Well, that's the funny thing about pre pre internet, you know? Yeah. There was a time when you didn't know what happened to somebody. Now I was, I was on this specific topic. I was talking to some friends because that where I grew up in Ontario, the Manitoulin was in the news recently because a police officer was killed on the Manitoulin. It's mm -hmm. a very small island in northern Ontario, very tiny community. So the fact that a police officer made national headlines is a big, big deal. And so I was thinking about some people back there and like sending messages to some old high school buddies saying, hey, whatever happened to this guy and what are you doing these days? And I mean, in the, in the 50s, if you move to Canada and you don't know what happened to that friend or that coworker, you just assume they're gone forever right you never hear from them again so, yeah but exactly now, now it's like every person you've ever met or communicated with in your life <laughs> you can check on if you need to <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah it's funny because you could just like i remember we used to um 
me and my sister, when I, when I was at her house last Christmas, we were like, we were on Facebook. It was like, everybody else had gone to bed. We were drinking. So we're like, Hey, holy shit. Let's see what happened to everybody from our, our um, high school. So we'd go on Facebook and then we Googled them and then we'd be like, holy shit, they have a huge family like this and holy crap, they're living over here. And like, and it's crazy. And it's just like, it's almost like, I don't know, like when you find out people who you used to know in your teenage years died and you're like, whoa, didn't see that coming. And then, <laughs> yeah, I don't know, it was kind of, <laughs> yeah, so. They yeah, they died. <laughs> yeah, that person, you remember that person? Yeah, they're dead now. Oh, yeah. Oh, that was like my mom. She was like, hey, remember this guy from your high school class? Yeah. Oh, he's dead now. Is that the end of the story? Yeah. All right. Um, that sucks. I'm, it's horrible for his family. But uh, how did it happen? She was like, I don't know. And I was like, mm, that's what I wanted parents, to know. Parents do that. Parent, my dad yeah. does that to me all the time. Yeah. Remember that person that you knew from 35 years ago? Yeah. Yeah. yeah he died. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, I'm sorry to hear that, yeah. Dad. Yeah. Hopefully I, my dad's listening. My dad's probably listening to this podcast right now, but yes. So sorry, Dad. I'm throwing you <laughs> under the bus a little bit. Yeah. Um, That's what, I'm going to be that dad one day. I'm going to phone up my my children and say, hey, I remember a person. Yeah. Yeah, they're dead now. <laughs> <laughs> That's what that's what dads and moms are for. They're for being out of touch and uh, talking about awkward things you don't want to talk about. Oh yeah, and like, and I love the way like your parents bring up stuff, and it's like it should be awkward, but they're not awkward about it, so it's kind of like not awkward for you either. So it's just like this, like a subject matter that may be awkward. I'm trying to think of a example of this, but I can't really, but. It's like they're they bring it up, and then it's just, it's just like a weird, not awkward, awkward situation. Maybe that's the Dutch thing. I don't know if other people do that. That would be interesting to find out. We gotta go talk to everybody and their parents and find okay. out. We gotta we gotta <laughs> poll forty-seven non-Dutch people and yeah. forty-seven Dutch people just mm. to test just to test it. Yeah, and then get like a double blind and. All that stuff that I don't actually know what it means. <laughs> <laughs> it's ninety five percent. It's ninety five percent effective according yeah. to Pfizer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> should we talk about your your list of topics? I was really intrigued. Yeah, we should. Um, I tweeted that we would talk about. Usually, we don't get through everything. I'm sorry if you if you did a lot of research and much I did do any ways. I did none okay that's good because then you're on the same level as me pretty much <laughs> but <laughs> I did tweet about we talk about the HBO movie thing and fuck what else did I tweet about well start even... there what do you think about it oh I am a huge fan I'm so pumped because I've said it on the podcast a couple times but I am not going into a theater anytime soon I will not be in a dark room with other people's breath like I just like basically everybody is a potential murderer just by breathing on you. And I don't want to be in a dark room where there's potentially someone behind me. So, I, so I mean, yes, COVID, the COVID yeah. factor. I agree that whether it be a movie theater or 
a music venue or a restaurant or mm-hmm. your living room or whatever it is, you know, you, you have to take all the precautions. I kind of think that this is signaling what I've wanted for the movie industry to do for a very long time, which is um, start moving forward because yeah. like as an, as an example, I was talking to my friend who is in the movie industry and I feel like, the best stories are told in limited series now. And because of our dear friends at Netflix, Mm -hmm. um, like the Queen's Gambit, as an example, was such a great eight, eight hour or yeah, a roughly eight hour story. Yeah. That that's how, that's how a story should be told on screen. Now it shouldn't be two hours in a theater. Although then the other side of the coin is theaters could one day be another experience where it's a 4d immersive experience. You're not going to get at home. So I kind of feel like it's the right decision for HBO. And I think that hopefully it changes how stories on the screen are told because the writing was on the wall when mm-hmm. Netflix series started winning awards. I mean, let's be honest. Okay. Oh, I guess I should explain exactly what happened. So I love how we start talking about it. And then I'm just like, well, yeah, people just know what we're talking about. But okay. So HBO, our Warner brothers signed a contract with HBO max in the States or HBO go. I, I can never remember which one's, which I think one of them's max. around or one of them. Sure yeah. yeah. So they signed a contract with HBO max so that all of Warner brothers, 2021 movies will be released to HBO max at the same time they're released in theaters. So this is Wonder Woman 1984, Justice League Snyder Cut, uh, the next Suicide Squad, Matrix 4, the new Space Jam. They're doing a live-action Ikira, which I didn't know until I looked up their list of movies. Um, Yeah, so basically those are the ones. I don't know, no other... Um, production companies have decided if they're going to do that or not. I don't, I'd imagine Disney. Well, Disney, Disney you think would. Yes. Disney did Mulan is like, cause I, we have Disney for the kids mm-hmm. and for the Mandalorian. Let's be oh, honest. Yeah. But, and uh, um, Clone Wars. Which yeah. I've watched, in. I've watched a lot of that and it's yeah. great. Um, I binged the Avengers, blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera. Okay. But, I'll stop uh, interrupting you. No, it's fine. I'm. I like it. I love being interrupted. No, yeah. the uh, Mulan was the test, and I actually don't think it worked out for them because they charged thirty five bucks to watch a movie, which is totally oh, yeah. fine. They can do whatever they want because it's really just throwing throwing stuff at a wall and seeing the sticks. But yeah, but I uh, I did like that they took that risk. So, but mm-hmm. this HBO thing, I think. Well, with the, specifically the Snyder Cut, I mean, what were they going to do? Release four, part one, two, three, and four in theaters? Like, it doesn't make any sense. Why would, that should have never gone to theaters. It oh, is that, more, is that a four-part four thing? Oh, I didn't know that. I thought it was just going to be a movie. Well, it is, but it's four hours because it's Oh, Zach wow. Snyder. That's and awesome. It, I'm but it could have been like this, like with him and his directing style, it could yeah. be really immersive in a theater with like, other senses like i don't know they say that they can do set, uh, like water mist coming from the from the roof or wind or all kinds of other things they could do i'm serious <laughs> they've talked about 4d yeah. like crazy like sense imagine like sm- if they did like the sense or 
the water and they didn't tell you and you go to watch Aquaman or something or and you just like get water vapor on the back of your neck and you're like just like I would freak out like oh what they could do is like haptic feedback vests but then you'd have to share a vest but like I know some of them what is it D-Box where they have like vibrating chairs that you could sit in that move and stuff and that's cool yeah I haven't tried that out but I do enjoy the VIP on one hand so I just wanted to go back and say I don't hate movie theaters generally. I just do right now. But I am going to miss seeing, like, action movies on the big screen. Like, just, like, huge, like, um, like you know, when you, you used to watch Star Wars. Like, yeah, Star Wars. They'd come That's... out and you'd go to the theater and it'd be awesome. And it'd be, like, a little different experience than watching them on Disney+. Plus. I love I love going to the theater. Mm-hmm. I mean, the last theater movie I went to was Star Wars, so there you go. Um, oh yeah. And before that was the Joker, and that's it. Or Joker, sorry. Other than that, I hadn't really seen. I can't even think of what movies I've seen in theaters in the last year. Uh, well, yeah. excluding the excluding the pandemic, I mean. But mm-hmm. I think that the, the the medium is slowly dying, and I think part of that is the pandemic. Because yeah. like, the movies that are coming out now, I'm like, I don't know. Like, there's nothing. No, there's been one or two okay movies. Yeah. But I mean, I even watched Chicago Seven, which is a Netflix movie, because people were talking about it or the trial, whatever trial, the Chicago oh. trial. Oh yeah, so, I think it was called the Chicago Seven, and it was yeah some trial or something or the yeah, trial of the Chicago Seven. Really well done, but again, with movies like mm-hmm. any kind of movie. Yeah, it has to really draw you in, and that, it's hard to explain. But that kind of movie normally would, but it didn't. I don't know. Maybe I'm just too. I've watched too much TV this past year, for just like everybody. So it's got to be really good. <laughs> yeah, um, I I agree with you. What you said before about the best way to tell stories is by splitting it up into limited series. Like I'm watching the bond series since it's on like crave it came on crave at the beginning of the month so i was like i'm gonna watch all the bonds and i'm on i think i'm on the 20th one now and they all pretty much at least the older was there the older i think there's 16 before the pierce brosnan ones all of them for sure could have been split up into four half hour increments because they almost like each one like they have the opening half hour which is like introducing the the risks and the character and there's like a bunch of action then it slows down for like some ex exposition storyline then there's like another half hour of like interplay of characters and like schmooze yeah yeah and then it's like yeah exactly stress is rising then the last half hour is like the climax and the action so it's like if they would have split that up it would have been a lot easier and i'm doing the same thing oh yeah which one are you on? Well, I start. I did a. I did it in a weird oh, way. Oh yeah, I, you texted me. You started at the end and went backwards, right? Yeah, I wanted to watch each <laughs> Bond, like starting with Danny Craig. Start with him. Yeah. Watch his movies, then watch Pierce Brosnan. Watch mm-hmm. that, his movies, and then go back kind of backwards. Yeah. Except the problem with Goldeneye is that it's 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 not dated like the storyline or the whatever the dialogue yeah. but how it's shot is so dated and mm-hmm. slow movies in the 90s were like that so oh buddy they get so much worse it's funny because when i finally got to golden i was like 
a breath of fresh air because it's like it's the only time that there's like a six year gap in the Bond series because there's like every two years for like 40 years. Yeah. And on those six years, like it progressed so much, like the actions like better and the like, I guess and it's funny because like you brought up like how it was shot and it was slow in the 90s. Like if you watch one from the 70s, which I think is probably the worst kind of decade for Bond, because when it came out, it was like fresh and it was like they were kind of like, this is what we're doing. It's the 60s and it's kind of cool. And then like the last half of the 70s, they just get like really cheesy and kind of dumb. Well, Roger Moore. Roger Moore is probably he did the most bonds, but yeah, he's good at the beginning. But by the end, you're like, he, oh. he was phone clearly phoning it in, right? dude. He was fifty, I think he was like fifty eight in the last one he did, and you can tell every day of the, that age because yeah, like yours, he did. I think he did seven, and the first four, you're like okay, and then by the fourth one, you're like, eh, you're kind of getting old there, guy, and then five, you're like, Jesus, he did two movies after this. And it's like, yeah, and it's funny because if you're going to watch them, I would say don't watch all seven more. Just watch The Spy Who Loved Me and Moonraker because they're the two with Jaws and they're like, they're the best Moore movies, I think. Other people would disagree with me for sure. I know. The Spy Who Loved Me is good. I I was going to watch Pierce Brosnan, but I think probably what I'll do is go back to Sean Connery. Yeah. Because... I think they're probably the best like Bond movies in my head because I do like the fact that Casino Royale all the way to whatever the newest one is, Quantum of Solace, then what's the newest one? It doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, but one it is, it is a, There's one that's story. coming out next year. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like the four movies with Danny Craig are a story. It's, it is a, an arc, which I like. And yeah. so I don't know what they're going to do with the, like the new one, but. If I go back to Sean Connery, there is sort of a thin storyline. Did you yeah, find it's, that? Yeah, um, the, the Spectre group is in those first ones. And it's kind of like the tail end of Connery. Like, I think, I think Spectre's introduced in... Um, I just... Uh, from Russia with Love, maybe. But it's like the arc starts with Connery, then that one Lazenby movie... That it kind of the arc accumulates because they killed Bond's wife, and then it goes into the Moore movies, and then because the leader of Spectre was I think Blow Bodell or something I can't remember his name. It's like you watch twenty Bond movies and they all just kind of like turn into a well, mashed it's potato. It's, it's all this. It's all like the same villain and it's the same hero over and over, right? Yeah, and it's different actors that play the villain. So I kind of like because I'm I'm. The word, my worst habit for watching movies or TV or anything is I don't remember people's names. I remember their faces. Like I'll see a guy I'm like, oh, that's that guy. He's bad, whatever. And then they switch the bad guy like to a different actor. And I'm like, who's that guy? And I'm just supposed to know because they mentioned his name at the beginning of the movie <laughs> and I don't pick it up. But uh, yeah, so it's like he's fighting Spectre. And then the same group comes back for the Daniel Craig movies. And it's like a reboot of that whole story arc. That was yeah. the whole intention. Yeah, yeah. they wanted to re- they wanted to reboot Bond, and I yeah. think it. I think they achieved it. I mean, those movies. Mm-hmm. I don't even view them really as Bond. I view them as great movies that had a spy. Yeah, know. it's great. 
It's great. I, think, I, I like it. Yeah. I think Brosnan's my favorite Bond, but I think that's because that's what I started with. Like I started my first Bond movie was Goldeneye because it came out when I was 15. And then I just watched all of them from that point on. And I hadn't seen any of the old ones until like this month, but it's like, it's funny because each um, actor of Bond offers something different than the other ones. Like Sean Connery was the introduction of the character, but in all the Sean Connery movies, he was already like a well-established spy and he was already, he was already James Bond. But then if you go to the Daniel Craig movies, it's like, it starts before he was like Bond Bond. And it's like, they like made it. So he had, it was a little rough around the edges and he wasn't like a complete spy yet. So that's cool. Yeah. And I think, well, yeah, my opinion on it is probably the same as yours, which the best quote, archetypal bond maybe mm. what's the writer's name and anyway i think oh, that i don't know writers at all P- pierce brosnan is probably bond yeah like he probably to me is what exemplifies all of the attributes of bond mm-hmm. but sean connery is probably you know the greatest on screen bond yeah danny craig, danny craig i think I call him Danny because it's really funny, but <laughs> he, he, uh, that is I love those, funny. I love the, I love those movies and I love him as an actor. I always have. Yeah. Um, like, uh, did you see the limey? Yeah. Yeah. That's when I started loving Daniel Craig. Or Danny yeah, he's Craig. He's been in a couple, a couple of things. Yeah. He was in uh girl with a dragon tattoo. That was really good. Oh yeah. I never saw play. those. Interesting character. I uh I heard all the one. Yeah, I heard all the one movie. Oh yeah, I heard all the bad stuff that happened in that movie. I'm like, "Mm, I don't feel like I want to watch that. Like, yeah. Um, I don't really want to talk about that either. But it was like, yeah. Yeah, moving forward. What what's what else is on your list? Oh yeah, just talk about Bond for half an hour. Um, sorry, I'm just pulling (laughs) up the list on my phone because. Is it the uh, mono the monolith? Oh yeah, we could talk about the monoliths. Um, this is really something that caused much outrage in the internet or in the wild, as per se. But it's just something that I'm like, oh fucking monolith. Yeah, let's talk about that because I love anything what? to do with like paranormal or aliens or shit. So what happened was. What do you, what- What's your theory? Oh, yeah. Tell the, tell the world what it is. First. Okay. So if you're yeah. not familiar with just me saying monolith, and then you know exactly what happened. So in Utah, there was a helicopter going around and he, they were counting sheep, which is hilarious in and of itself. But as they were Utah. flying around counting like these herds of sheep, they saw like a glint, like a reflection. And like, what's that? This is like fucking barren Utah wildlands. There's not supposed to be anything out there. So they circled back around. And then there was this big fucking metal monolith in like a little canyon. And I think it was like 12 feet tall, a foot wide and like four feet wide. And then there was just like, what the fuck is this? And then nobody had any idea what it was. And then one popped up in some European country, Romania. Yeah. Thank you. (laughs) Have you ever hosted a podcast before? Because you'd be good for it. Um, Yeah. So one popped up in Romania and it's like, 
I mean, I want it to be aliens or supernatural and stuff, but it's probably just stuff people built and put out there. Like the one in Utah they were saying was probably an artist installation and which you never know. Like it could be some alien like signage thing. And then Well, the, do you remember the crop uh circles? Yeah. Is that still it, a thing? I don't know, but nobody knew what it was, so everyone thought it was aliens. Yeah. And then it just turned out to be some artists, basically, right? Yeah. Far- farmers slash artists. And I kind of, this kind of smells like that in my head, but it, mm-hmm. yeah, you're right. It, it, it's, it's far more fun to think paranor- paranormal to me. Yeah, right? exactly. And they, there's like a couple, like there's that one that in Romania that popped up, but then there's like, it seems like there's a bunch of like copycat ones popping up now and it would be yeah. funny if like if each one got like progressively worse and more hastily made because the first one was like probably polished like stainless steel and looked really good and then you'd like just get to where it's like fucking fence boards hammered together and just like <laughs> propped up in the like field somewhere <laughs> well i know if they find one in east van i know who put it there oh really was yeah, it the... is it oh, you yeah. no, i don't <laughs> live in east van i live in burnaby I... Same thing, right? Yeah. So if the same, right? Yeah, it's pretty much the same thing. Like if you go east and east van, eventually you hit Burnaby. So, yeah, like eastern Vancouver is Burnaby. Yeah, yeah there you go. Sort of. I'm further east than that. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Um, and if you find one in Burnaby, it's probably not me because I'm not gonna put that much time and effort into something that people won't praise me for. <laughs> like if I put one up. I'll be like, I put that up. It was me. Everybody tell me how good it is. Speaking of praising you for that, did you see the prayer candle that I'm uh, giving out as a gift if you buy my record, which comes out on January 15th? Oh, my God, no. Show me. Do you have one handy or do you have to get up? Uh, no, I don't. I don't physically have one. Oh. I, I can text you the, the, mm. the photo, but yeah. That's awesome. Is that of you? Is that an LP? Um, after he texts me, I'll put it in the show notes. Is it an LP? Um, does that include that Christmas single you released on December 1st on Spotify? I don't know if my Christmas single that I just released on December 1st on Spotify will be on my full length record, which is released after Christmas. But that's a good mm. point. That's a good point. Should I? I don't know. Probably not. Yeah. You know, it's, it's funny that I'm being shameless about self-promo, but hey. one thing I'll say is that when Julian Casablancas of the Strokes released his solo record and I saw him play at Coachella in 2010, mm-hmm. he actually played his Christmas song because that's he only had whatever eight songs and he needed an <laughs> extra one. So there you yeah. go. <laughs> and my record is nine tracks. And then so the Christmas song would mean 10. And mm-hmm. that feels completest. The number 10? Yeah, it, it does sound a lot more like full-length record than yeah, I don't... If you say nine songs, you're like, yeah. well, that's not a full-length, that's one short. <laughs> <laughs> um, what was I going to say? Um, I totally spaced. Oh, I was going to ask you, like, this has nothing to do with the monolith, but I'm pretty sure there's nothing really to add to the monolith anyway. I mean, maybe if we build a monolith in East... Let's just build it in East Van. And then just put your prayer candles all around it. And we can have it as like a shrine to your newest album coming out. 
Well, y yes. And did you guys talk about the skateboarder with the cranberry juice listening to Fleetwood Mac a few months ago? Um, I don't know if we talked about that. Because but... it doesn't it doesn't outrage anyone, but one yeah. thing I will say, and it's Fleetwood Mac doesn't really outrage me other than the fact that they fired their founding member. Um but it's fine. He I guess he had to be fired. But the one thing I would say about that whole skateboarder with the cranberry juice um is it felt like it was a complex social media um like guerrilla marketing campaign. Marketing which, for Fleetwood Mac, you mean? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, no, of cranberry juice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because it, it works, Ocean though. Spray, like, yeah, yeah, Ocean Spray is huge right now. Everybody's mimic <laughs> mimicking that video. Yeah, because it worked because Fleetwood Mac streams of that song went through the roof, didn't they? They did, but also cranberry juice is huge. So mm. this is what the monolith thing feels like. It feels like a complex social media marketing it might be a yeah. kanye thing is kanye putting a record out maybe it's him oh my there god go. that would be brilliant but um you think ah, that'd be weird because i it's like it would be cool if he did it but he's more like in the god area now so he would do something more more religious than just a monolith i feel like but i see where you're going like if it was like someone as a marketing ploy, it would be so good but it's like, and it's weird because if you think about it, and if the monolith was just like a social media marketing thing, how long is too long to wait to announce what it's for? Because with this monolith, it came, what, like three weeks ago, two weeks ago? Yeah, and I then... think the life cycle of a social media campaign is probably like right about now. Yeah, like, like got... only a couple weeks before people just forget about it and be like, oh, yeah, what? <laughs> what monolith? Yeah. Who cares, man? I don't like that thing. It's stupid. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Time, <laughs> time's run out. We've moved on to the new thing, man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, I was going to ask you when we were talking about all of your delicious music that is on Spotify right now that you can go listen to. I noticed that you and some other bands, um, you release singles. Is that kind of like a thing where it's like, so it keeps popping up in the new or is it just like you want to get it out as you work so you don't wait like however long it takes to make an album yeah I, well these days on specifically on streaming platforms like spotify apple music title etc yeah. i think that the way artists are kind of doing this now is releasing singles and then you kind of package it into a record at the end yeah and so we talked about that with my producer jp um and then my label people we talked about it like should we just hold back four or five songs or should we go like the whole record or what should we do and i was kind of like no let's hold four songs back and then jp actually was the other way he's like don't release it all yeah. And then, so then it, we split the middle. So we're leaving a couple tracks off of it. Okay. Um, but that's just, it feels like that's how it's done now. It's, yeah. it's lame. It's, I, a lot of people are, comp I mean, you want to be outraged. Musicians <laughs> are outraged about Spotify, right? Oh, I've heard bad things that they're not, I don't know, they're just not living that rich rock star lifestyle off Spotify. Well, Spotify doesn't pay a lot per stream. Yeah. But why why should they? I, I'm kind of like 
pragmatic or measured on this topic because mm-hmm. you know, in the old days of MySpace, MySpace didn't pay a cent to anybody. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but in and the old TikTok's days, TikTok's not paying anybody, so they're the real bad guys here. Well, no, they actually do. They oh, do, do they? Um, yeah, it's not a ton, but mm. you get whatever streaming royalty you get. Oh, okay. Um, but the the thing with all of these platforms is that it's changed how we all consume everything. Like Netflix has changed how we consume TV and movies and Spotify has changed how people listen to music. Like I don't hold as much value in an artist's album as I used to for some reason, even though they're the same amount of effort or maybe even more effort is put into it nowadays. But yeah, I'm yeah, finding so- like, cause when I was younger and I would like before the internet streaming and all that, I would get an album and it was like, you couldn't just buy like 10 albums and then listen to each one like three or four times and then move on. But with streaming, there's no real investment per like album. So it's like if I go on Spotify and I listen to an album and then I don't like feel like I have to keep listening to it just because I paid 20 bucks for that album, whereas I paid just for access to all this music. But um I kind of am enjoying Spotify a lot. Like I know it kind of sucks for some musicians and stuff, but it'll be like, I'll be out doing something, listening to music and I'll be like, Oh shit. Remember that song. And then I could just look it up and play it. And it's amazing for music lovers. It's the best thing ever invented. And I don't care what any musician says it's, (laughs) it is like, it just, that's the way it is. And I love it. It's so great. Mm -hmm. I love the fact that I can make a, a workout playlist or a, study playlist or a work playlist mm-hmm. or a jazz playlist or a christmas thing and you know i love that and it's so, so good it, it creates it for you and sometimes it's actually pretty good and we listen to a lot of kids music because the the kitties are at home yeah and it's friggin awesome and you can get the new like john lennon just released his quote ultimate mix but i uh um don't necessarily want to buy the record but i want to hear it to know if i want to buy it if that makes sense so yeah. i did and it's awesome so i did you I say john lennon? I want to. john lennon john or lennon yeah he's, he's oh in a band. he was in a band in the 60s wait do you what band was that do you like them <laughs> it was funny because <laughs> i was i guess i should explain the joke i'm trying to allude to uh Marty was actually playing in a Beatles tribute band at our friend and past podcast uh, guest, Sean Burke's wedding. And yeah, he played uh, Beatles songs. And then I was telling him about my joke about asking the band to play wing songs because I still feel like the wings are better than the Beatles and not a single person in the world agrees with me. And I'm fine with that. (laughs) I I don't mind. I don't mind it. I, I'm not actually. So, this, talking about the Beatles with me is really hard to unpack. But mm-hmm. I'll just keep it really brief. I'm a John Lennon guy, but I love, I love McCartney, but in my own weird way. I love him yeah. like you love your your weird uncle. Ah, yeah, he's the guy. The like, yeah, he, yeah. I guess I have to like him because he's my uncle. You know that kind of thing. <laughs> you have McCartney to like him. Not, he, because he's he not my uncle, band. but yeah, he was in the Beatles, so I have no choice, kind of like that. 
yeah see where i'm like i i'm a mccartney guy and like the songs that mccartney wrote for the beatles i like more than the songs that lennon wrote and well he he has J, hey jude which is fun yeah and then, <laughs> that was a good one <laughs> that was pretty good um <laughs> no it's un- incredible i'm probably gonna out myself on here but did lennon or mccartney write strawberry fields that was Lennon. So if that's one of your favorite songs, that means Lennon. That is, is one, one of my your... favorite songs. Yeah. No, that's Lennon. All Lennon. Sorry. Yeah. People. But McCartney did write Band on the Run. And it's Jet. Incredible song. <laughs> Band on the Run is one of my favorites ever. Yeah. Like, actually, at, to unpack that slightly, Band on the Run, Bohemian Rhapsody. Um, there's a couple of other songs like this where it it's like has multiple movements in it and it's really long and it takes you through a journey. Mm-hmm. I've always wanted to write a song like that, but band on the run is freaking amazing. Yeah. I love that song so much. Yeah. I like that line. It's like, give it all away. All we need is a pint a day. It's, it's a like, great song. Ooh. And um, I don't like it as much, but it's like, it's one of those songs. It's just like hauntingly like uh, the, um, was it the Mall of McIntyre. Mall of McIntyre. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that song's like it's like haunting. It's good. Um, oh yeah, back to your music. <laughs> I just wanted to say it's like um, when we were talking about the singles thing. I was gonna say like I realized that bands were doing this like I guess like a year or so ago when this band I like kept popping up and because uh, Spotify has this option where you can listen to like an automatic automatically generated playlist of new releases. So this band kept be- popping up like every like month and I'd be like, Oh shit, they have a new album out. And I'd be like, Oh, it's a single. And then it'd be like, Oh shit, they have a new album out. No, it's just another single. So I feel like it's just like the evolution of bands having to release singles is so that they keep popping up in people's like automated lists like that. Yeah, they they joke. We joke in the music circles to to trick the algos. Ah, nice. Those <laughs> I don't, algos. I don't, I don't make that joke, but other mm. people do, and I, I like it. It's funny, like shortening yeah. the word algorithm down to algo. <laughs> that is funny. It's like, it's like it's funny because it's like it gives you like a certain like friendly vibe from like basically the robot mind, and it's like. Yeah, I like it. It's like, oh, old Algo <laughs> is going to get my song played. <laughs> yeah. Uncle funny. Algo. That's Paul McCartney's new <laughs> single. <laughs> yeah. I don't know about his music that he's written lately. I haven't really heard anything that he's done that's brand I new. Like, so he put out an album in 2013 or 14 yeah. called New. Yeah. And it, the, it was produced partially by Paul Epworth. Uh, Who's Paul that? Epworth. Paul Epworth started out um, in the 2000s producing a little band called Block Party. So I got really into them. Oh, I love Block Party. And then he did Editors, I believe, which is another great band. And he moved on from there, but he ended up doing Adele and then McCartney. I've heard Adele's had some success. (laughs) Yeah, she's famous. (laughs) Hey, was this was this McCartney album? Was this before or after Kisses on the Bottom? I think it was before the one before it directly before it. Probably the worst named album ever. (laughs) I don't know what the hell he's like. He just doesn't have a filter. He doesn't have Lennon saying, don't do that. 
I think so. I think it was like it was probably yeah I I can't even imagine like I don't know if he was like talking about kissing a girl's butt or if it was like people who were on the bottom of society or like um kissing each other like two hobos kissing each other like that's a kiss on the butt I don't know or the base notes mm. is mm. the bottom that's a good way to put that's a musician way to think of it too yeah, I don't know, but what a terrible album name you write. <laughs> I mean, of all the things you can name an album, just like, I mean, I guess people remember it. Like, I never listened to it, but I still remember the name of that album. Like, it's just like, it's like a record scratch when you hear it. You're like, Kisses on the Bottom. It's like, Rrr. you're like, what? Who said, who wrote that? Oh, uh, you're crazy. Yeah. <laughs> What's uh, What else is on our Head list of headlines. Okay, no, I'm, I'm going to uh, hit you up with that. Um, I mean, we could talk about Jake Paul versus Evander Kane boxing Evander match. Kane. You think that Evander Kane would win? That guy's say what you want about Evander Kane. I, I, I'm a fan. I don't know why. I think, I think he's kind of like beats to his own drum and i'm a big hockey fan as you know I, mm-hmm. and i love the outsider i freaking always cheer for the outsider mm-hmm. and he's the outsider and yeah he doesn't he doesn't give a crap about what people think of him and he'll say whatever he wants with little or no filter yeah and i kind of like people with because he's he's not offending anyone he's not he's not some extreme anti-masker or something trying to sing the Canadian national anthem, but he, <laughs> he, uh, he's not afraid to like step into a conversation and speak his mind. Yeah. And I, I like him. I just think, I think, I don't even know who this Jake Paul guy is a YouTuber. Uh, and- so uh, way back when, when Vine was a thing, there's these, there's the Paul brothers, there's Jake Paul and Logan Paul, and they got kind of famous off Vine. And then they, they, turned that into like youtuber like jake paul they used to do like travel stuff and he got infamous i think we talked about it like a couple years ago on the podcast he went to the suicide forest in japan and he taped himself and there was like a it's like the suicide forest in japan is this place basically where people go to commit suicide and nobody knows like why or how it started but i think it's just that since it's known as that people go there it's like like when you put locks on a bridge, you go there and put locks there because that's where you put them and nobody knows why it started, but that's just what people do. So this forest right. where people go to commit suicide, he went there to tape it as like kind of being like, ooh, maybe we'll see ghosts or whatever. And then in the background of him taping it, there was a person like a body hanging from one of the trees and he like pointed and laughed at it and made fun of the dead guy. And Yikes. then every Yeah. And then everybody lost their shit. And now he does a podcast and they basically, they're just like, they're kind of like on the lower level. They're like internet celebrities, but they never bridge the gap to be like real life. Like our parents would know who they are celebrities. And he, Jake Paul has been, I think he's been training as a boxer for like over a year because 
I think over a year ago, someone, another YouTuber challenged him. So he started training for boxing and then he kind of, I don't know, I guess he got into it. And then a basketball player was like, oh, you're just a YouTuber bullshit. I'll challenge you. And then he just beat that uh, basketball player. And now Evander Kane was like, I'll fight him or whatever. So I think the way they're famous is through Vine, then YouTube, then podcasts. So... Evander Kane watched the ba- basketball match with this Logan Paul, Jake Paul guy and said, yeah. you know, I don't like you, so I'm going to fight you now. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, I, yeah, I'm on team Evander Kane. I don't even know. Pe- people probably won't side with anyone. I'm going to side with yeah. Evander Kane. Um, I think this is one of those things where a lot of people want Jake Paul because they don't like that this, like, loudmouth asshole who disrespects stuff keeps beating his opponents they want him to get beat um so i don't know like i want evander kane to win because i like evander kane more than jake paul but i think since jake paul's been training for boxing over a year he might just kind of like like he won't have the toughness or knockout power that evander kane but i think he'll do that thing where you like outbox someone where you kind of just like dodge their punches and kind of dance around and wear them out. And then like, I want Evander Kane to win, but I don't know if he would is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Boxing is a sport and I'm not going to minimize that sport. Yeah. And if you're training and trained in that sport, you're going to have a competitive advantage over just a, a really great athlete, which is what a hockey player is. Every hockey player is an immense athlete. Mm -hmm. Um, But one thing I would say is that Evander Kane as an athlete probably knows how to train better than this other guy because he oh, is yeah. a professional athlete only because of yeah. that. So Jake Paul is a YouTube star, not a mm-hmm. person who trains daily for his career, I guess. So Yeah. And that basketball player was an ex basketball player. So he wasn't in like competing shape, so to say for basketball. Whereas Evander Kane, I think if he's, because he wants to do it, I think, next season, next summer after this season of hockey. So he'll get back into playing shape. And I think he'll have – actually, you're right. Like w- saying if he's in, like, good shape for hockey, that means he'll have a lot of endurance. And that actually might go into boxing really well. I like how we're making – we're, like, trying to really go, get down to the details about yeah. how it would go down. That's, <laughs> yeah. how, that's how I think. I'm like – well, if you think about it this way, yeah, he probably, yeah, and so I'm I'm on team of Kane, and I think, based on what I know about hockey players, which is they're honestly monsters. Mm-hmm. Like I watch, of course, being a hockey fan, I spend a lot of time kind of following all these hockey players online and stuff, and yeah, they're basically training eight hours a day every day. Oh yeah, it's nuts. So, so and Evander Kane's no different. I mean, I remember. When he played for the Giants, he was just a freaking beast then. Mm-hmm. And he's, he's a great player. He's outspoken and brash, and I like that. And I like I like him. I wish he played for my team. <laughs> and you're a Canucks fan? I'm assuming. I, here, so I'm not, but I am. So that's a yeah. weird thing to say. I, it's, I never, I, yeah. I was okay, a fan go. of the Canucks mm-hmm. when I, in my youth. My number one team is the team that I grew up cheering for in Ontario and I always liked the Canucks when I was out there as well because they have such a great team with Beret and stuff and oh yeah when I moved to Vancouver Vancouverites don't love the team I cheer for so it made Mm -hmm. it harder 
for me to cheer for the local are team you just, because I'm such a Are big you fan. avoiding saying the one that has like the blue logo with the writing on it? Yeah, with the with the like the same <laughs> symbol as the Canadian flag on it. Yeah. I was like but Ontario and then I was thinking I was like, "Oh, <laughs> you got you got something to cheer for though right now. Like I love Austin Matthews. Like that dirt stash he's got. He's just like such a Yeah, crowd. no, he's he's uh like that particular player and that athlete I mean, yeah. it doesn't matter if it's Sidney Crosby or Nathan McKinnon or whoever. You're going to cheer for that kind of player, and we've we've got one of those. But the Canucks have players like that too now, uh, Hughes and Pedersen, and it's really easy to cheer for them. And I really, really oh, yeah. love Travis Green. Travis Green is a wonderful man, and mm-hmm. I know a lot about him because he was a former Leaf, and he okay. uh, he supports autism in the community, and I think he's just a fantastic human, and I love yeah. that ornery ornery he is so but um yeah hockey yeah i'm kind of like you like i like the canucks but they're my second favorite team they were because it's like i find that having a home team it's hard not to cheer for them but because just you know the guys the best because you see them like on social media or out and about or people are talking about them and you see those games the most because they're like on local broadcasts and stuff um so i I don't know. I feel like everybody should have a favorite team and then have a second favorite team because, or even like five favorite teams. Um, My favorite team is the Oilers. And it was basically, that was the first team I ever liked because my grandpa liked them. And then I stopped liking hockey for a while. And then I came back to liking hockey in the mid two thousands. And then I was cheering for the Canucks because they had that playoff run. And then when I moved here, I was like, well, I'm going to like the Canucks because I live here. And I fucking loved the Sedins. But then after the Sedins left, I was kind of like, ah, this team's not like. And then you see over in Alberta, they got fucking Connor McDavid and Dreisaitl. And you're like, oh, the Oilers. I used to love them when I was a kid. And then, so it's kind of just like, uh, I don't know. Like, Peterson's a really good hockey player, but he's kind of like. Like, he's kind of showing some more personality now. But for like the last two years, it's just like that like they call him the alien because he looks like an alien and he doesn't really talk at stuff, but he did a episode of spit and chiclets. So you kind of get to know him. So I am warming to him and I love Hughes just because he's fucking, he's a card. Like he did uh, last year, they did a Santa picture and he was dressed up like an elf. And it's like anybody who's willing to just make an ass of themselves for like a laugh. I'm a big fan of. So like they are getting a team, but it's still it's not McDavid and Drysidle. It's so hard to compete with that. No, no, the Oilers. I'm, I mean, I'm a fan of the Oilers for the same reason that probably your grandfather was, which is Gretzky, right? I, yeah. I I always cheered for the Oilers because I love their jersey. I love Gretzky, um, and I I lived in Winnipeg area while they were successful. So I kind of they were in and like in the sphere of my world, I guess, as a, mm-hmm. as a, as a kid. But um, yeah, I, I think that the NHL and this kind of moves towards the next topic, which is the anthem singer, but <laughs> oh, the, uh, look the, at way you. The, the way the NHL is moving is they want more fans like you who say, I'm, I want to cheer for the player who, and regardless of where they go, like if, mm-hmm. if that player goes, like if Austin Matthews, became a, a like a Calgary flame, which is God forbid. 
tell me now. But but uh, they would want me to be cheering for that team because that's what they want. They want you to follow the players mm-hmm. rather than the team. Whereas hockey fans are so so loyal. Like I'm like the, they were the Leafs were last place, and I watched every game. It was ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I watched it, yeah. but because I, I love the game, I do honestly love hockey. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why, my, again, uh, shameless uh, plug here for my album. If you listen to it, it has a song called "Rattle the Glass," which is my oh yeah my ode to hockey. It's also um, a single right now that's available right now on Spotify. On Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> And if you buy my album on Bandcamp, you get that song right away, I believe. But anyway, <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, hockey is, I love the sport. And even if my team's losing, I'm going to watch it. But I think the NHL truly wants you to follow the players as they move around and be a fan of different teams because the players are the moving, I think, mm. maybe. Anyway. I'm I'm okay with that. Like I still, every time Hall lands on a new team, I'm like, oh, I'll check them out. We'll see what happens. Like now that he's in Buffalo, I'm like, oh, Hall's in Buffalo, is he? What's it going to be like playing with Eichel? So it's like, I'm like, I'm not devoted to just the players, but the players, like, if I see a player who I like, it's not like I'm going to stop liking that player. Like, um, what's his face? Uh, why can't I remember this guy's name? The guy who used to play for Calgary, the... Um, Iginla? Yeah, I fucking loved again because I used to live in Calgary for a couple of years. And when we're when I was there, I worked at the newspaper and in the newsroom, they would have the game up. And so you'd always see a Ginla. And then I met him once because I was doing a photo shoot for um, when I lived in Kamloops. There's the team called the Kamloops Blazers. Blazers, yeah, yeah. And he was one of the owners and they were doing a jersey release launch so it was him shane doan mark recce and some other guy who i can never remember his name and so like i did like a photo shoot for them to get like promotional material and i met him and shane doan are fucking they're like the nicest guys ever like you'll never meet nicer like especially for how famous and popular were like they were both franchise players and they're still like oh how's it going nice to meet you that's good and they like actually cared that you were a person whereas that guy i can't remember his name he was a dickhead so that's probably why i can't remember his name i guess well, that's the, th- that's the thing Googling, about yeah iggy yeah he was he's fam- kind of famous for that being yeah a, a true canadian yeah and that by the way the the sedines were like that too mm-hmm. just in public for henrik specifically i don't know about daniel but henrik was famous for being like hey how are you nice to meet you and they mm-hmm. did a lot in the community and I'm, i i definitely cheered for them for that and in toronto they you know every city has that player you know who's yeah the guy go, that's what hockey players are kind of famous for like being low-key and being canadian you know yeah being like classy gents like yeah usually there's not very many cocky, cocky, like there's some cocky hockey players, but there's no like, I'm the team. The team's nothing without me. But I guess it's like you need guys to pass you the puck before you can score a goal. So you can't really get too cocky and shoot down your teammates. No, but I kind of like the cockiness. That's the, the way Austin Matthews, as an example, yeah, how he comes off is like this kind of like mischievous like cockiness which i oh, like yeah. because he's he's super talented like he's he mm-hmm. is and but 
he's so he should be in a certain to a certain degree cocky in the sense that he is great and i'm not yeah, saying guess... he's the best and i'm not saying that the leaves are the best but i do like that that one thing about him and you know taylor hall kind of had that too early mm-hmm. he kind of came off a little bit cocky but i'm for some reason i'm sure for taylor hall i don't know why i think i just like the fact that he's failed i like that like yeah he's totally failed it over and over yeah and he's just like well he did win the heart like two years ago or three years ago yeah, no he you're right he did but um but, i mean other than that he's yeah failed miserably well i just want to say like as per how cocky like even ovechkin's super cocky but they're cocky compared to other hockey players like they're not nearly as cocky as say like a basketball player or a football player like they are cocky yeah yeah they are cocky to a point but they're not like you hate them but you like them because you're on your team like i like i like how like i've always liked avedgkin more than crosby just because avedgkin's like a little bit cocky or maybe even more than a little bit and that seems more genuine to me real yeah it's more real yeah Yeah, yeah. i like how i just like was talking about how much i love the nice guys and stuff and then now i'm like oh but i actually love the assholes too but it's like ovechkin isn't isn't an asshole he's just he's just uh, a showboat and yeah that's that's really cool i like that and it's as i find it more genuine because if i was nearly as good as ovechkin i wouldn't shut up about how good i was and i'd be a little i'd probably like if i had the skills of a hockey player. I'd be more like a Matthews or an Ovechkin. Like I'd be cocky, but not too bad. Like I, I feel like I'd <laughs> still be likable, but I wouldn't be like McDavid where he's just like so nice and isn't like, I'm the best player in the league. Shut up. <laughs> Do you and Derek talk about hockey this much? No, this is the most we've ever talked about hockey probably on this podcast. Well, sometimes like something in the media, this is the most we've talked about hockey without it being pertaining to a specific incident. So we're Although, not ali- we, we might be alienating a, a portion of your audience right now. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it's funny. Cause it's, like, <laughs> it's funny because we alienated the hockey players by talking about James Bond for half an hour. And now that we're talking about hockey for this long, it's alienating anybody who was here for the James Bond conversation. And the monolith people are like, I thought this was an alien uh, conspiracy <laughs> theory podcast. Yeah, they're guys. like, they're like, uh, you talked about it for like five I thought we were minutes. Going to Area 51. <laughs> I thought we were yeah. going to go to Area 51 and figure <laughs> out what happened there. Because uh, I, though, the, on the Connor McDavid topic, did you see his house? What did you like? That should oh. make the headlines on this podcast. Yeah, I was talking about. I talked about that a little bit with Pat last week, but I'm okay with it because. As much as I love the Oilers, that's a lot of fucking orange. And to look at that much orange all day when you go home after the games of practice, you kind of just want to not have something assault your eyes. So maybe he just like wants to look at like grays to kind of kind of like when you smell coffee beans after you smell perfume to just kind of reset your palate. Maybe he just wants to reset his <laughs> eyes. <laughs> I, lo- I loved it. I thought it was like stark and. Yeah, like Spartan, but also opulent at the same time. It was awesome. <laughs> the best joke ever would have been if he was like sitting at his gray uh, dinner table in the gray or on the gray couch in his gray room. And he was like, I'm just about to listen to my pump up music. And he just puts on like 
the cure or something super depressing that's like his <laughs> pump up for the hockey game music <laughs> a love will tear us apart by joy division oh that yeah. would be such a good song that'd be a, a good national jo- record <laughs> yeah oh Some yeah Leonard Cohen. National. <laughs> <laughs> just dark dark oh yeah well so that that it, i need my girl song by the national <laughs> we should talk about we should finish our up with our hockey uh, expose here with Mark Donnelly. The now oh, that's a ex- good call. So, anybody who didn't know, Mark Donnelly rose to fame ish. I'm gonna say he's fame ish. <laughs> I'm gonna coin that phrase too. But uh, he was the national anthem singer for the Vancouver Canucks. So every home game, he would sing the national anthem, and then. It's kind of his only gig that I know of. Like he'll like people will he'll get this is something I didn't know. Like people would just hire a national anthem singer to play at their like events and stuff. And I'm like, why would you listen to the national anthem? Like so I'm what happened? Sure he's was, a music teacher in his day gig. I'm oh, is sure. he? So I he think. got hired to play at oh fuck. What did I tell like it's basically an anti-masker rally, but that's not like technically what they're calling it. They're calling it like the Christmas freedom rally or something. And he got hired to play at this. And I was like, well, on one hand, it's really bad to play to sing the national anthem for anti-maskers because that just means you're closed minded and you're not willing to wear a mask and you're kind of selfish and you're just not kind of, towing the line so that making it life easier for everybody else and then i was like well maybe he's just doing it for a gig maybe he got hit hard with covid because there's not many events for him to sing at but then i saw a tweet that went that that was today the the rally when he sang there he was talking about it and he was like i guess i don't have a national anthem gig with the canucks or, or he's like i don't have the gig over at Rogers place anymore. So I'm going to sing the song with the old words. And he was pertaining to the national anthem and how it used to say by all thy sons command. And then they changed it. So I just lost all, all sympathy for him. Cause it's like, Oh, he's just a fucking closed minded dickhead. I don't know anything about him other than his singing on the ice. Yeah. Um, But I think that, uh, Mr. Aquilini handled it in kind of a hilarious and modern 2020 kind of way, which is oh yeah the former anthem. Yeah, singer. I I liked how it was handled. I mean, the guy, yeah, he. I don't know what his personal beliefs are, and to be frank, it sounds like they don't agree with what I believe. But but I guess he's Canadian, so he can. T- he can sing the anthem to some Canadians because every Canadian has the same charter rights, but mm-hmm. and freedoms. But yeah, I mean, come on, it's twenty twenty. Everybody knows what's going on. Just like don't 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 be stupid. Like I don't know. I'm kind of yeah. like I roll my eyes because it's it's so like ignorant for the sake of like standing on a hill that you're gonna die on for the sake of standing on a hill that you're gonna die on. Yeah, exactly. Possibly like... even die. Possibly literally even die on. <laughs> yeah. But it's it's just so like ignorant for no reason. Like even if you in the your heart of hearts are kind of like 
well, I don't really want to wear a mask though. You know? Yeah. You just don't tell anybody. Stay at home. Like, you know what people th- are going to think of you. You know, you're going to lose your job, maybe. Yeah, exactly. So, like, if you're, quote, an educated human, which is mm-hmm. anybody basically, and he, well, he's, it sounds like he's a teacher. Like, he knows what's going to happen. He's not stupid. So, like, does he want the public to, to kind of eat him alive? Like, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, like, it's even, like, like, yeah. Don Cherry, going back to last year. It's kind of like Don Cherry. He knew the public was going to eat him alive and he was going to lose his job, but he said what he said anyway. Yeah. And he, he knew better. It's like this Mark Donnelly. He knew better, but he did it anyway, knowing he was going to lose his job because he wanted to stand on a hill that he's going to die on for no reason. Like, Yeah, I agree with what, you. It's like, it's like uh, a serve that protest serves no purpose. Like, what are you going to do? Be like, okay, you specific people don't have to wear a mask and now we can all get like more people can die of this disease like the like i get like on one hand i get not wanting to do stringent lockdowns because people won't make enough money to live and they will lose money but for me there is no argument you can put forward on why not to wear a mask like some people have asthma so but you could just like wear a mask kind of loose so it breathe so you could breathe in and out the sides easier, which I know defeats the purpose, but you're still wearing a mask. And like it's just like just wear a mask. It's like it's so much easier to like just wear it and just then like like I joke about it, I wear a mask because I don't like side eye. Like, of course I would rather not wear a mask. It's like everybody's like that i don't want to smell my own exhale <laughs> but yeah it's there's, yeah it's not a great experience of wearing a mask isn't perfect but one thing i will say there in canada for all you mm-hmm. american listeners out there or people who are in warm climates in canada wearing a mask is nice in a, on a cold day um, oh yeah keeps your face keeps your face warm which is a kind of a nice feeling in the morning when it's colder because in canada up here in the great white north it's so cold all the time it's not yeah. cold but but it, it has been a little bit chillier lately. But yeah. I would say that it's so ridiculous. The whole thing, he, like he kind of deserves his fate. Like he, mm-hmm. he created his fate for himself and he deserves that fate. And so yeah. I do not feel sorry for him. Although I understand that he, I guess, technically has his own freedoms to sing the national anthem for Canadians. So there you go. I give him, I give him a .001 mark for being patriotic. I guess. Yeah, like, I don't know. It's like, at least it was outside. That's the only thing I could say. Like (laughs) I said, I was going to feel bad for him because maybe he needs the money because he's not getting his regular singing gig. But like you say, he's a teacher, so he could probably get by. But allegedly, he may be a teacher. Oh, okay. Don't don't hold me to that. But I it's facts now. We said it now. We said it. That's what he does. He's (laughs) a teacher. (laughs) Maybe if we if we talk about it too much, he'll lose that job, too. But he works uh, for Burnaby South High. Yeah. (laughs) I I just don't get like these people having these like rallies too. like they're getting charged and stuff. So it's just like uh, and like I lost all sympathy for him when he's like, I'm going to sing the anthem the dickhead way. How does that sound? (laughs) So yeah, I don't. I'm with you. I don't feel and, bad for him. But. <laughs> on the anthem, it's I. I like it the new way a lot. Um, yeah. I mean, I sang the the anthem the old way for most of my life, mm-hmm. but that's because that's what it was. And I, uh, 
I, I was waiting for some like foreign sports singer, sports anthem singer, like in wherever you call it, Florida, to sing mm-hmm. it a different, the, like the old way by accident. It never happened. Yeah. I loved how I loved how basically the public adopted the new anthem lyrics almost immediately. I love that. It was really cool. <laughs> yeah, I feel like it's just like. The way they changed it, it's no hard or anything. And I can't really remember all the words anyway. Like they're kind of like they're there, but they're kind of like in a cloud. And I don't really remember them until I'm singing it with other people. So it's just like, yeah, whatever. It's the national anthem. It's not like it's a song I'm going to put on and just fucking rock out to anyway. Like it's only you only ever hear it like before an event or like a sports thing. So it's not like, I don't know, like I was never emotionally attached to it as the song itself like i get being patriotic and stuff but it's like to me it's the exact same song like i don't even notice the difference really yeah i'm happier with it it's more inclusive it's better i, I it's yeah. not miles better because it's the country of canada's flawed so oh <laughs> just kidding you can't get too excited no you yeah. can't get too excited but what i will yeah. say is uh yeah Screw Mark Donnelly. <laughs> <laughs> Screw that guy. <laughs> yeah, let's just cut out with that. Like, fuck Mark Donnelly. <laughs> do, we have, do we have time briefly for one more or is that it? Oh, we got all the time in the world, but it's Saturday night. Nobody's doing <laughs> anything unless you're went to you. And if you went to that. Uh, unless you're Mark today. Donnelly. Ah, <laughs> if you're yeah, Mark Donnelly, you you're. You, yeah, you're. Well, I get the. Yeah, You're somewhere not wearing, wearing a mask. Maybe he doesn't like wearing a mask because it makes his beard itchy. <laughs> I used to I, call him a uh, mullet Pavarotti. So I have asthma, like not too bad. It comes up from uh, comes up at, like from allergies, and yeah, the mask thing doesn't really bother me. But I I can I could kind of see somebody with really bad asthma saying. Well, actually, the mask thing, I'm really hard. It's hard to adopt that, but I'm trying. I could see it, but what I would say to people who use that excuse, um, I empathize with them and understand, but maybe there are other products out there that would work for people with really bad asthma. Yeah. I always try to play both sides, to be honest. Yeah, I'm kind of not totally up to date on what the actual mask mandate means. Like, can you still just wear like a face shield instead of the mask? Are you allowed to I'm do that? Sure. Or is it have to? Cause I remember it used to be like, you could just wear a mask or a face covering and yeah, at work when the, when the mask thing happened, like this last one that's in now at work, I have to wear a mask and it was fogging up my glasses and I'm dealing with power tools. So I was like, this is dangerous. And they're like, we'll just wear a face shield. And then I just stopped wearing glasses and I started wearing contacts instead. So it doesn't fog it up. Um, but I don't like if you have asthma and you can't breathe through it, just plop the old face shield on. Yeah. Maybe and, that's a solution for people. I don't know. But I'm not sure if that's still. If is, you're still now, allowed to just do is, that. This is how about much of a homebody I am. Yeah. Is the mask man, is it currently mandated that everybody has to wear a mask at all times in public, even outside? No, it's just indoors in public spaces. So if okay. you're outside, so, you oh, don't have oh, to wear a mask. 
So if I'm like walking to Superstore, I can keep the mask on, but then I get to the door, I can put it on. Yeah, you can keep it off. Yeah, I if I'm outside, I don't wear it, and then I put it on anytime I go inside anywhere. Yeah, because totally I mean, I, sometimes I put it on in the car and then go into the store. But I mean, I go yeah. to the store. The store I go to is like Save On Foods once a week. I, like I'm barely going anywhere. Yeah. So, and yeah, so I'm basically wearing masks mo- the majority of the time I'm outside. Yeah. Or outside of the house. Anyway. Well, but, it's like I go to like today we went on like a hike and we weren't wearing a mask because you're out in nature or whatever. But if I'm like, sometimes I'll wear it when I'm outside, if I'm going to be like, like say I'm going to Walmart and then on the sidewalk to Walmart, I'll put it on just because you're walking past the other people coming out and you're walking by other people. So if I feel like if I'm going to be around other people, even if I'm outside, I'll wear it. But usually I just yeah, put it on right before it gives I gives people in. a signal that you are concerned for them yeah. and you. So it's nice. Yeah, it's just like a, hey, I know what's going on. Doesn't it suck? Sometimes I give them the like huh, eyebrows, like, believe this shit. Yeah. Do that. Do that. Like, hmm. yeah. Like uh, the I, raised eyebrows is the new, the new mouth. I do, thing feel, where like, I do feel bad for people. Like we were talking about parents earlier. Mm-hmm. I mean, my dad, my dad has some pre existing conditions and he's now officially 65 and up. And yeah. so. Like somebody like him, I worry about, um, especially right now with the with the numbers that are coming up. Um, this, by the way, in like a year, this this episode is going to sound so dated because people are like, <laughs> "What do you mean numbers?" But um, I know yeah. every, at work at work, everybody's bracing for impact on Mondays at three, right? Everybody's like, "Oh, what's the number going to be?" So yeah, I, I fear for Monday, but hopefully to be lower i mean that, that would be the ideal right mm-hmm. so. yeah like it, it hasn't gone yeah, much sure good thing. So. over 800 so that's good uh, yeah we'll see yeah uh we're at over an so hour you, do you want to call it? or sorry what were you gonna say oh you just froze again damn do you want to do you want to talk about elliot page Oh yeah, we could cover that because that's a good one that people are. I can hear you now. I bet there's probably a lag for me on your end, though. Oh, good, good. Okay, so I'll just I'll set up the Elliot Page thing and then I'll give it a sec. It's perfect for me. Okay, Um, so Elliot Page used to be known as Ellen Page, and he came out as transgender. And the way it works is what someone is um, – fuck, I'm trying to think of the word uh, without sounding offensive. But whatever the person is going to become is how you refer to them when you say, like, he is transgender. That means that he was a girl and is, ch- and is becoming a man physically. Um, so Elliot, El- <clears throat> Elliot Page is – a transgender man now and a lot of people online are being like oh but what about umbrella factory how's that gonna work and then somebody put out a tweet oh you mean the show with the talking monkey and time travel yeah i don't know how they'll ever get a transgender person into that plot <laughs> i would say that i 
I'm really happy for Elliot. Um, mm -hmm. And as for the Umbrella Academy, yeah, it's it's the easiest thing for writers to create. I mean, they're gonna. I I know they're gonna create a great storyline for Elliot's character, who, who by the way is one of my favorite characters in the show. Um, and yeah, the term that I guess that people have been talking about the term dead naming. Yeah, is the term that they use. And I, you have to forgive me because I don't know a lot about this topic, but I. I'm trying to become more of an ally. Ally. So mm -hmm. what I would say is that I I support Elliot's journey, even though I don't know him personally, and I don't understand what the what any backlash would be. But God forbid that people would the things he's had to go through. I just can't even imagine. So God bless him. Yeah. So um, just the dead naming is when you call them by their old name. So if you were to be like he'll never be Elliot to me. And then you say, I'll only refer to them as Ellen. That's dead naming. And that's bad. You right. can't do that really, because it's just, it's just basically you trying to cause hurt on someone else for no good reason. Um, and yeah, like Ellen, or sorry, I just did it by accident. Elliot has like, from the beginning of his acting career, he has been in the LGBTQ community, um, the first time I seen him was in Hard Candy, and that was like that wasn't like in pop culture. It was it was in pop culture, but it wasn't like in the mainstream of movies. Like it was on the outskirts of it because it had to deal with like pedophilia and stuff. And I, I remember him in um, Scott Pilgrim, right? Am I right? Scott maybe... Pilgrim versus the World. Was he in that? I don't. What character do you think he was? One of the character, I, maybe, one of the rival bands. Anyway, that's a, such a great show. Yeah, um, it is. Oh, it's such a good movie. I'm, I'm not. I don't think he was a main character, but he might have been in one of the bands. I can't remember. I would other, have to Google it. So, was, was he in that movie? Uh, anyway, I, I've really liked basically everything. I've seen great acting. So, oh yeah, he is a really good actor. Um, Umbrella Academy is a great, great show. Season two is better than season one. So, oh yeah, everybody which out there, I was not expecting it to be better than season one because season one was so good. It's like I'm a huge sci-fi fan, as anybody who's heard me talk about the movies I like, and just all the like the sometimes like the crazier the better. Like, and that show is really good because it is like each character is so like bizarre in their own little way um yeah i think season three will be good and they will handle it because they are i think they left the end of season two in a different timeline so they could even handle elliot easily that way just being like well in this timeline it's always been elliot like they could even well and the that. writers are writers are smart people i mean they they were able to write Princess Leia so well. It's a weird example, but Princess Leia they treated so tastefully. To, in my opinion, even though hardcore Star Trek, they hate that movie, but I thought they handled her her really well. So writers mm -hmm. are smart. Yeah, they definitely will, and and you're correct about that. I love Star Wars too. Um, yeah, I think. Are you still there? I am. I'm here. Oh, okay. Uh, 
yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, it's just dumb when people see something like this and they feel like they got to weigh in. Like, Elliot's been through enough. Like, obviously, it's nice that he's finally coming out and he can finally live the way he's always wanted to. And it just, like, you think back at their career and maybe if they would have cut, like, maybe they were, like, just thinking about how in that position specifically, like, if he was scared to come out earlier because he thought it might affect his career or the roles he would get. So you feel bad for that. But I'm glad he's finally at a place where he's can be who he feels like he is. Yeah, I can't even imagine all of those problems. Like, you and I clearly don't have. Oh, yeah. To worry about these, well, I don't know you well enough. I'm just assuming, but the uh, one thing I would say is that I, my, my, my life is so much different, and I, those challenges don't exist for me. And I empathize with Elliot and people like Elliot because of the difficulties they've had. And I, mm-hmm. I just, I, you know, um, we're talking about our folks. My mom, my dear mom, passed away a few years ago, and she was. She was the kind of like lady who empathized with everybody. Yeah. The the like the miss the the unfortunate souls, you know. And mm-hmm. I think I've I've kind of gained some of that from her in since she's she's been gone. I try to like when you when you deal with grief, basically what happens is you feel feel pain differently, so you see pain in others easier. Mm-hmm. So and then you 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 feel for those people. You empathize easier to some at least that's what's happened to me and so i guess what i'm trying to say is i think i empathize with maybe somebody like elliot more now than i would have 10 to 15 years ago for and that's for the better for the better it's for Mm -hmm. the better so i uh certainly wish him well so yeah and anybody who dead names or backlash about a tv show is just that's ridiculous screw those guys (laughs) <laughs> yeah, screw them and Mark Donnelly. <laughs> but yeah, um, definitely buy my album. <laughs> yeah, buy Marty's album. It's good. Um, oh, I did want to say thank you for making that playlist on your homepage on Spotify where it is all your single singles in a playlist so I don't have to like, you know, bounce back and forth. So it, So it's almost like it's on an album already. It is, but there's a couple songs that aren't actually on the record they're from my previous record so it makes okay. it easier for you yeah, yeah so yeah everybody go listen to marty don't listen to mark and uh until next time oh wait stay sorry. stay whoa, outraged whoa. Do you, do you have... whoa i forgot do you what is your twitter handle so people can go look you up it's my name at marty zilstra <laughs> okay. And then on Facebook, you were telling me this because I may mess this up. On Facebook, you have a music. Yeah. Music. Oh, excuse me. Sorry. You have a personal page, which is you and your person. And then you have a, your music like uh, band page type of deal. And are they the same thing? But it's, well, yeah. So this is, um, and you know, Dom Frico. So I can, I can kind of like laugh because he's complained about this before where mm-hmm. he has his music page, which is his name, Dominic Frico. And then he's got his personal Facebook profile, which is also his name. Yeah. It's the same with me, except for my Facebook profile for music is Marty Zelstra Music. As simple as that. And same thing with Instagram. Uh, I had to go, because I was sharing a bunch of photos of my children on my Instagram profile. So I made a separate music account. So. Oh, that's good. 
Yeah. Yeah, I did that a few years ago. So Okay, that's good. And yeah, go find Marty Zilstra. Did I get it right that time? You corrected yourself. Uh, it only took like <laughs> six tries. Uh, find Marty Zilstra on Spotify, like I've been mentioning, and Bandcamp, which he mentioned. Apple Music. Where do people even yeah, get it's, music? It's anymore? everywhere. In my in, the artists use this thing called Linktree. Makes it easier. Yeah. So Linktree is great. Add my Christmas song to your playlist for Christmas. Woo! Party oh time. yeah, put it right after um, Michael Bublé. Yeah, Bublé and uh, that Mariah girl. Carey. Who's, yeah, Mariah Carey. I also highly suggest you guys. Oh man, what is that song? What's your the California song? I really like that song, "Sweet, Sweet California. California." That's a good song. It's That's, my favorite song on the record. Oh, it's my favorite song on the record too. I've been rehearsing, and so that song I was listening to it today, rehearsing to it because I have. Yeah. A, I have an unannounced show coming up in January, but sounds um, like you just announced it to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you'll have to look for the the press release. But <laughs> anyway, I yeah, I really like how that song turned out. Nice. Do you take requests for covers at all? Like for the show, I, Are, I'll take requests. But yeah. We'll, see. So the format of the show is will be a live streaming show, which okay. you probably would guess in yeah. this climate. And I'm going to do some music with my a full band. And then I'm going to do like a solo kind of set. And then I'm going to do a, like a finale. So, okay. And then I'll probably, what I'll do is a Q&A at the end. So nice. people can ask me questions like an AMA at the end. Yeah. For like 10 to 15 minutes and talk to people. Maybe people could phone me. I, I, I want that to be set up where I could take phone calls. Nice. Um, which would be kind of different. And, but if, yeah, if, if people request songs, I would certainly consider it. If I get the same request over and over, certainly. Okay. My request is the entirety of the Raw Raw Riot catalog. Because <laughs> 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 I think those songs would sound really good with your voice. But those are, if, that's a good band. <laughs> if like you want to pick one. one song, I'd say, Can You Tell? That's a really good song. By Raw Raw Riot. Yeah. I'll listen to it. Tonight. I think your voice would, would mesh with that sound very nicely, good sir. I've heard that before, actually. Now, I'm the first one who was smart enough to come up with it. Nobody told okay. me that before. Nobody told me Those that are all before. lies. <laughs> well, Dale, thanks for having me on your podcast. Oh, hey, thanks for coming by. It's been a real treat. We uh, discovered we share a heritage, and that's nice. So I do feel you, like we bought it. Do you like uh, stroop waffles? Yes, I do. What about uh, gabakias? What's gabakias? Uh, they're cookies. <laughs> I probably like them. Are they those? Speculas are the other ones. Ooh, I like speculas. Uh, do you like salted licorice? A lot, yes. How about pickled herring? Nope. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's, it's uh, not my thing. I can't eat it anymore since I got gout, but uh, it's pretty good. And... Uh, I... Yeah, that's cool, man. I don't know if it's German or Dutch, but Pfeffernus, I think it's like, um, it's kind of like a gingerbread cookie mix thing that's glazed. It's so good. Yeah, those are Dutch. I love them. Yeah, they're so good. I, yeah, all of those things remind me so much of Christmas, actually, this time of year. Because we would go to Southern Ontario and visit my Paca and Beppa, as they're, they're known. Oh, yeah. And, um, 
yeah, they would always, she would always have all of those goodies out and nice. oily bowling on New Year's Eve. Yes. I fucking love oily bowling, but you got to eat it I'll be honest, right away. I don't like it. But oh. I've heard it's not because it's not because um, it's not amazing. It's just because I haven't had it like made, made pro- properly. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's uh, it, it can get a bit greasy because it is like deep fried dough, but it's, it's very similar to like, that's why those donuts are called Dutchy is because they're similar to what oily ballin is, except for they're glazed and oily ballin. If you're not Dutch and you don't know is you make up a, they look like Timbits. So it's like you cook them, you make them up and you roll the dough and then you deep fry it. And then you take it when it's still hot and you dip it in icing sugar. And it is so good. Just don't burn your mouth. It's not my fault if you do. <laughs> that, that's probably what we were doing wrong is letting them cool. It's not supposed to be cooled. Yeah, because it's like Cause I find it when it's hot, right? Yeah, if you let it cool too much, then like the fat, because you're deep frying them, then maybe some of the fat inside will congeal and it'll make like kind of a bad texture. Or it's like, and then it's like when you deep fry stuff, you run into the problem is, is the oil hot enough? Is it too hot? Like if it's too cold, if the oil's not hot enough, you have to deep fry it longer, then it gets like mushy in the middle, where it's like, I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I love all yeah. the Christmas treats, anyway. all the Dutch Christmas treats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Me so, too, uh, friend. well, it was great chatting with you and rock on. Yeah. Until next time. Stay angry rock on. and rock next on. Time. Bye. Okay. okay. Wait, wait, Bye. wait, 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 let's do it. I'll say it. And then you finish. Okay. Okay. Until next time. Stay angry. Isn't this the best podcast when I'm like texting? I'm like, this is fun. We haven't had internet problems in a while. So what happened? Did you just freeze up and then it left? Now you froze up again. Can you hear? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? I can hear you now. Yes, I can hear you. I can definitely hear you. (laughs) <laughs> I bet people love this. Hey, let's uh, troubleshoot some computer problems. All right. Actually, I don't even have to bring this up if you're listening to this post live stream because I will have edited this all out. And if you're with us on the live stream and you're still with us, thanks for sticking around. I promise it will be just as entertaining as every other episode of our podcast has been. And they all are. (laughs) Thanks, Marty.